0: Got friends only want to talk business. I got expensive, and things is expensive. I
1: got expensive, the wind is expensive. I been out of the war. Nobody want me shutting nine stars. Next when it rain and it pours. And I'm ready for some more. Nobody want me out all the war. Nobody shutting nine stars.
0: Welcome to put that coffee down, The Freight Sales Podcast for Closers. I'm your host, Kevin Hill, for this special audio-only episode. Where can you find, where can you subscribe to put that coffee down? Well, you can do it on Freight Cats. It's the entire family of Freight Waves podcasts or on Put That Coffee Down, wherever you download your podcast. I uh, Hit subscribe. Um, also, leave us a review. Uh, rate us. It helps us in our searches and it's very much appreciated. We have a great episode for you today. I have Nick Dangles from Kinetic, and I also have Jeff Hansen from Freight Friend, and we're going to talk about carrier sales and why you should approach carrier sales the same way you do customer sales, and why, as a freight broker, it's so important to have relationships on both sides and bundle those deals. Uh, in this in this episode, it's a great discussion. Uh, it's only marred by somehow my mic... Uh, didn't work properly. It's it's tough. It really is tough putting together podcasts. All the technical difficulties that might arise. Uh, it's not too horrible, uh, but it sounds uh, frankly, it sounds much lower quality than both uh, both Nick and Jeff. They sound amazing. I sound okay. So uh, without further ado, though, let's uh, let's run to that episode right now hi welcome to this episode of put that coffee down today we're going to talk about carrier cells and here i have two experts on the, the topic of carrier cells i have nick dangles from kinetic and jeff hansen from freight friend welcome to the show guys uh, i guess i just it off with we'll start with nick can you do a bit of introduction about yourself and your background yeah or?
2: yeah absolutely hey uh um, Kevin, great to be on the show. Thanks for having us on here. And a little introduction on me. So I've been in freight for about the past 10 years now, all in brokerage. And just recently, we started up Kinetic a few months ago. And what Kinetic's all about is helping freight tech companies get their products into the world um, a little bit faster and with better adoption
1: than they do on their own.
0: Perfect. And Jeff?
1: Yeah, thanks. As Nick said, thanks for having us on the podcast. Very, very happy to be here. Um, similar to Nick, I've been in logistics now for nine years, um, entirely the entire time in, uh, freight brokerage. So I spent a little over seven years at a top five brokerage in Chicago and have spent the two year or the last two years at a uh, freight front.
0: Perfect. And both of you guys are Chicago guys, your, your Chicago model, buy, sell, we were just talking about it before we hit record. Uh, you know, really quickly, let's start off because, you know, carrier cells, you always start off with carrier cells, especially in the buy-sell model. Uh, let us, uh, you know, let us talk a little bit about the Chicago model, you know, the buy-sell and and how that really feeds into carrier cells before we really uh, attack the, the, the issue on here.
2: Yeah, Kevin. So, gosh, the buy-sell model, you know, Jeff's probably a better person to talk about this uh than i am i think you probably had more direct exposure to it i my brokerage experience a lot of it is in small brokerage we were predominantly cradle to grave um i'd say only in the past oh four years or so had we transitioned to a a a true buy sell model um so jeff i'll kick it over to you a little bit to see if you have any specific comments on it
1: yeah i think the really nice thing is is it separates duties and When you separate duties, you can get very good at your specific job function and not have to worry about everything. So the customer side can really focus on just developing customers, servicing them to the best of the ability. But more importantly, on the customer side, it really opens you up to actually being able to develop relationships with carriers, which in my humble opinion, I think is maybe the most important thing in carrier sales. And can lead to just better interactions on a daily basis, right? You have more time to focus on what you're doing. Yeah. And you also have the ability to really book any freight. You have visibility into the entire network instead of being kind of tunnel visioned into only your freight that you're currently looking at, and therefore kind of potentially missing some opportunities with some carriers that you are you currently have on the phone you're engaged with.
0: Yeah, I always say, you know, freight brokerage is really a relationship-based business based on the back of a lot of transactions, right? So there's a lot of transactions that build up a relationship over time. And on the carrier sales point of view, you know, it's, it's, it's funny because I, I started CarrierLess, and, and basically I was telling all my friends, yeah, I'm calling these carriers, and they won't talk to me, and they're like – aren't you their customer? Why, why wouldn't, you know, why, why wouldn't carriers want to listen to someone who might pay them money? And it's like, well, you, you guys got this all wrong. You know, trucking is a, a very interesting industry and you have to sell carriers on loads, even though you're paying the bills, right? You have to pay quick, you have to pay quicker than most any other industry out there. You know, 72 hours really within with you can't really wait that 30 days and you have to, you have to sell them to actually do your work, which seems a little bit out there to a lot of different industries where the vendors are the ones, um, you know, going to the customers, prospecting, but you're the vendor prospecting to the, the, the customer constantly as a carrier salesperson. So let, let's talk about that and, and really how carrier sales feeds into the context of, of customer sales is, is really what it is. Let's start off with Nick.
2: Yeah, and that's a great transition into this. So I was listening to your podcast with Chris Jolly a few weeks ago, and it was great, man. Like you talked, you you really dived into carry relationships. You talked a lot about it. And I think it's worth going a little bit deeper into what you just said about how, yeah, they're your vendors, but you really have to kind of approach it as though they're customers. And I think that gets lost in the shuffle a lot of times, right? There's there's sometimes a mentality of well okay carrier like what can you guys do for me you know like you have this truck what like how can I match that up with my freight which just isn't the 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 best way to approach building the relationship you know like brokers need carriers just as much as they need customers so you need to approach the relationship the same way and like you do this in a lot of different ways which we'll talk about like throughout this podcast but like, the overarching thing is it's it's by focusing on what's important to them and, like, how you can help them. Just like you approach customer relationships. You never sit there thinking to yourself, like, what can my customer do for me today, right? Like, no one's ever going to work with you. And it's the same thing with carriers. It's not, well, what this, can this carrier do for me? It's what can I do for this carrier? That's how you're going to build up the, the real valuable relationships. Jeff?
1: Yeah, I I completely agree with Nick there. I mean, if you take the opportunity to find out what the actual needs are of the of the carrier you can then sell them an opportunity so it's like what you were just talking about previously Kevin and you mentioned like carrier lists and the struggle that you had with getting carriers to talk to you sometimes and that you're their customer and they should be willing to talk to you i get asked this question or i get told this constantly from people that i'm speaking with on a daily basis that you know, carriers aren't looking to have relationships. And I always go back to them and I say, you're talking to the wrong carriers because there's a lot of carriers that are out there that do want to develop a relationship. They don't want to go out and have to be signing up for a new broker packet every single day in order to haul their next load. They don't actually like wasting their times, you know, doing that. So if you can actually get to know your carriers, get to understand the lanes that they need help with, right? A lot of these 10 truck plus carriers have customer freight. They might have one or two trucks that are just random running randomly, but a lot of them have customer freight that these guys are servicing and they need to help either getting to it or getting back from it. And if you can identify those needs and sell your freight into those needs, it's just going to make that relationship a lot more better. And you mentioned that in the past, the only way to truly build a relationship is to actually have transactions with them. So the more that you can have transactions, the better you're gonna be and they're all fed off of learning what the carrier's needs are.
0: Yeah, it's, it's interesting when you think about it, you know, all these transactions, though you, you, your customer, the, the shipper has a lot of money tied up into the assets on the truck, right? So the carrier has a lot of money tied up into the, the assets of the truck. And both are very operationally efficient, focused, right? As brokers, you have a phone, a desk, a couple computer programs, maybe a TMS, you know, a couple load boards. You don't really have any overhead. You know, you're just wheeling and dealing. And whenever you're going out to to sell to carriers, it it is that transactions, but you have to look out for them because they're the ones really taking most of the risk. You know, if they're not operating efficiently, then that 95 OR is going to be 104 OR and they're not going to be in business anymore. So when you're trying to sell them a load that's outside their network or they're not interested in, you're breaking down that relationship.
2: Yeah, I, I think that's a great point. And I'll circle back to what Jeff said a minute ago. You mentioned something about uh, carriers not wanting relationships and potentially calling the wrong carriers. I'll add on that and say, maybe you're not calling the wrong carrier. Maybe you're calling the right carriers, but you're approaching the conversation the wrong way, you know, Mm -hmm. because a lot of effort goes into detailing how to have customer conversations, right? You, you dissect your cold calls, you dissect your pitch, you figure out what exactly you want to say in your cold emails, but you don't necessarily do that on the carrier site or a lot of people don't. And it's something that's very important to actually do, because you need to approach it in a very similar way. If you're having the conversation wrong, even if it's a carrier that would love to have a relationship with you, it's not going to stick.
1: Yeah. As a as a leader of a brokerage, I think you need to be asking yourself, how often is my team having – I mean, you talk about having one-and-done carriers. How often is your team having a one-and-done phone call where they call and they ask if they have a truck, they say no, or they say yes and you book them on the load – But regardless, you never ask another question. And I would venture to bet that that happens more often than not in our industry.
2: Yeah,
0: it's the classic. I guarantee it, it it does, right? Because I think we're all three guilty of doing that exact same thing at some point in our lives, right? Absolutely. Uh, Yeah, it's the
2: classic, do you have any trucks in Chicago tomorrow? No? Cool, bye. And just (laughs) on to the next phone call. And you just rip phone calls all day. And you're just never going to build relationships that way. There's...
0: You know, a lot of the, uh, you, because you're not, you, you're just co calling it and just trying to find, just trying to live through through that day, which is a spot market or what I always call a transactional lifestyle, right? It's that mm-hmm. spot market, one and done. Uh, it's really, you know, and it goes back to, to anything that you sell and selling the carriers the same thing is is bundling a deal, horse trading a little bit, bundling deals, uh, adding some sweeteners onto it, really getting to know their business and finding the best solution For them to say yes, and a lot of that is just adding value that costs you nothing. And if you do that in sales, whether it's to shippers or carriers or what, if you just keep on adding things that that add value to the other party, but really don't cost you hardly anything, maybe a phone call here or uh, extra load there, you're always going to outperform anyone else.
1: And I don't think that it fits necessarily only into the original transaction, which is the book of the load. I mean, the more that you get to know them, the more that you develop that relationship. Issues happen constantly in this business. I mean, it's unavoidable. No matter how much you try, you can't avoid them. But if you have a relationship with that dispatcher or even that driver, you're going to be able to work through getting, getting beyond that issue, seeing the other side, and not getting into a screaming match, which can happen very, very easily and very often.
2: Yeah, let me here. Let me ask Jeff this. So, from a customer standpoint, I know exactly the stuff that I want to ask a customer to learn about their business, right? I do my best to become an expert on their commodity, their shipping facilities, the lanes that they run, and everything that could possibly pertain to their freight, just so that I can I can portray myself as an educated person who knows about their business and stand out from the crowd. How do you do that in the carrier side? What do you ask carriers? How do you get to know? their business outside of just having that one word conversation of, do you have any trucks in Chicago tomorrow? No cool. buy. Where should you go?
1: I mean, the first part of any conversation is absolutely going to be finding out what all of their trucks are. Right. I mean, it's unavoidable and you're going to want to try and get that quick win fast. But beyond that, the best thing that you can do, and I say this to everyone, if you, if you truly want to reduce reliance on just posting your freight and, um, waiting for inbound calls is finding out what carrier's preferred lanes are. I mean, it's the exact reason why carrier lists, why you probably invented carrier lists to begin with. Um, but this data, if you go out there and you try and get it, it's a competitive advantage to you. It's, it's proprietary information that you're learning from this carrier. It's not shared with anyone else unless you're out there purchasing carrier lists. Um, but if you have the technology similar to you know Freight Friend, what we, what we offer, to be able to collect and store this information, right? That is knowledge that you're then gaining on a carrier and you're gonna be able to intelligently feed that back to the rest of your team. The knowledge that you're gaining today is hardly ever useful for today because you might not have that freight available. But I can guarantee you that somewhere down the line, if you really start to learn all of these things on your customers, it's going to be extremely helpful. And then beyond that, I tell everyone every day, try to get on as many carrier truck lists as you can possibly get on. That information is great. And if you have the ability or the technology behind it, you can learn an awful lot from carriers just by the trucks that they're communicating on a daily basis. So if you learn those three things, how many drivers they have, what equipment they have, take time to properly profile them and what services they offer. I mean, the opportunities that you're going to be able to present to them down the line are more than going to make up for the 2 minute conversation that it's going to take the first time that you call them.
0: And, and yeah. you're exactly right, Jeff, with that. And no matter what you're using carrier list, your own database, uh, sometimes you're in, I what, what you really find is that you're calling the same carriers who aren't with with the same loads or the same lanes who keep on telling you no but you don't even recognize it that you're calling them the same ones because they all kind of flood in together right <laughs> you know if, if you're calling you know do you have a truck in chicago do you, no okay I, I'm, I'm burning through this list you don't remember a single person you talked to so the next you know oftentimes tomorrow you're calling the same carriers uh asking the same questions wasting the same amount of time right you, you have to be able to uh, document this and and find out who you've been talking to, which is, is kind of what the the carrier CRM uh, that Freight friend has is designed to to, to provide if I if I have that right.
1: Yeah, but remember that you're not always you' you call the same carriers often because you're calling based on posted trucks. and you're not always calling based on posted trucks. Sometimes you're calling based off of a radius search or you're calling based off of another technology that you may have that can lead you guys in like a more targeted direction. But those are carriers that you may not be speaking with every day. So you might only have that one opportunity to learn about them. So while you have them on the phone, if you take that opportunity, you're beefing up your CRM, you're beefing up your intelligence. And again, same thing, it it feeds you opportunities in the future to be able to connect with a carrier based off of a meaningful relationship where you've learned information from them and you're now calling them based off of a need of theirs instead of a need of yours. Mm-hmm. Sometimes they coincide yep. together.
0: They they do and that that's a very important point, right? You're calling the, the the carriers that that has the best fit. You know, if you're yes. doing it right, no matter what you're using, if you're doing it right, you're calling yeah. just just like customers, right? You're calling them the customers who are the most likely to buy. Hopefully, right? Sometimes that's not the case either. That's a whole nother conversation, a whole nother show though, right? Uh, but on the carrier side, oftentimes you're calling the the, the wrong carriers to begin with. Uh, that's getting you nowhere. You're getting frustrated. And when the right one comes uh, comes along, you're not in the, the, the right mind frame really to, to to really put that deal together because this is what you really have to do. You have to put together deals, it's not yes, no, you have a truck, you know, We take 1,200, no, 1,500, let's split down the middle, go on to the next load. You know, you, you have to be able to, to do consistent freight and make deals, make deals where you're, you're horse trading a little bit and, and making sure that, you know, sometimes you lose, sometimes you win, uh, but all in all, you know, and that's kind of a reason why I, I often say, you know, freight brokers just like, uh, it's like trading financial instruments, right? Because you have to... You know, you're getting orders. You have to go find the 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 seller, or the I guess it's all it's it's a little bit uh, topsy turvy, but you you go buy the institutional investors, right? To where you can create a deal, and you're that broker in, in the middle.
2: Yeah, I wanna I wanna real quick go back to the like that sourcing conversation we were talking about, where you learn mm-hmm. about the lanes that they run and where they have trucks available. To me, another big component of that is that it, like, not only is it going to give you better matches in the future, but it sets the tone for the relationship, right? You're not having that simple one sentence conversation. You're showing that you actually give a shit about their business and how you can help them. Right? Like you're showing that you want to learn about where they have trucks, where they have needs and where you can fit in. Um, and that, that goes into just minutia of the conversation too if you're asking them if they have trucks in Chicago and they say, no, but I have a truck in like Des Moines, Iowa. Well, don't keep pushing Chicago down their throat, right? If they tell you they have a truck in Iowa, okay, man, you got a truck in Iowa. How often do you get to Iowa? How can I find a way to help you out in Iowa? Right. Cause he's told you that that's his need. So there's like little tricks and little minutiae of how to have this conversation. And it's important in terms of building the relationships. It's not just plug and play. Hey, you have a truck. I have a load buy right
0: no it's not it gets you through the day and that's about it you know you start over and you do the same same thing all over again and it's, it's like hitting your head against the wall because it really is hitting your head uh, against the wall and that's kind of how we build the list too you know it's like hey where do you want to run where, where are you running now where mm-hmm. do you want to and um i know we don't have any freight right now but you know i'm just going to take a little bit of your time uh, but but we do the most important thing that that really no freight brokerage I won't say any freight brokerage but most freight brokers just don't do and carrier sales reps uh, particularly is write down that information and that's simply it.
2: Yeah, it, it like just getting that information is hugely important. I mean it's it, it prevents you from sending garbage loads their way. How often do you see? a carrier of just send a blast email of all of their loads to all of the carriers right like one of my biggest pet peeves like here's a bunch of trash that you want nothing to do with you know, like no, no one's gonna read it it's gonna like it's gonna get ignored by all of your carriers
0: it, it will and that's one of the the, the complaints I get uh from from customers or from careless all, all the time you know the, this carrier told me to take that they're not interested in my freight they're they're uh that they want that they want to be removed from the, the list And I'm just like well Equip blast them, you know. Everyone's blasting these guys. You know, I mean that. That's what you get. That's what when you blast out emails, people get mad. You know, some people get mad. Sometimes it works. Uh, That's just life.
2: Yeah, and it like like for me, it doesn't take too much effort to to tailor it a little bit, right? Like if you've got your your Florida loads, don't send them to your Oregon carrier. You know, Mm -hmm. like use. Have a little bit of thought that goes into it.
1: Those lists aren't static either. I mean, when you collect the information today and another brokerage could potentially, or another shipper could potentially fulfill that business for that carrier tomorrow. And then when you call them in a week, they may no longer have that opportunity. So it's more about Mm -hmm. trying to make sure that it's not just a static list and you have the ability to keep it updated. I mean it just goes back to the conversation and to feed off of what Nick was saying a little bit. I think that when you're willing to have that phone call with the carrier, it shows that you are also not looking to be a transactional broker. There are so many people that get stuck looking at today's board and never getting out of it instead of reaching out to carriers and trying to sell them on the opportunity. right? So shippers reach out to us and they try to contract freight to us. I think more of our time should be spent trying to contract our freight to the carriers and holding them to the same standards that shippers hold us to. Because once you do that, then you have revenue coming in and leaving with minimal work. And it can open you guys up to, you know, being able to focus on the spot freight that that same shipper has available. But if you're too busy trying to transactionally cover the same Whatever load that you have three times a week, every single time in the day of environment, you're not going to have enough time to open yourself up to take advantage of these other opportunities.
0: No, you're going to be scurrying around most of the time, right? Looking for a truck over and over and over again. And sometimes yeah, and you're going to lose money on the load because you, you're you're not prepared.
1: Or even worse, they might not service the load. And then you really get burned because you no longer have the freight from the customer.
0: Exactly right.
1: Yeah. Let me change
2: gears a little bit here because when I, so when I was doing customer sales, I went so far as to, I mean, I learned my customer seating charts and stuff like that so that I knew if I was calling person A, like right now, I didn't call person B. who was sitting right next to him five minutes later to get business. You know, like you just work your way down the line and everyone knows what's coming. I think I, I would approach carrier sales much in the same way. Um, maybe not to that extent, but how often do you hear someone yell across the room? Like, Hey, like X, Y, Z carrier has a truck in, uh, like California tomorrow, Bob, can you call them? And Bob goes, yeah, I don't know who handles their West coast stuff, right? Like you need to learn your carriers, internal operations, just like you do with your customers. Like you should know who handles what region you should ha- know who handles, which, um, uh, uh which truck types. It's just all of these things go into building up that relationship and they're hugely important.
0: Well, number one, Nick, uh, I, I like the way you're hosting right now. So I, I am going to turn the <laughs> reins over to you. You can keep us on Oh, geez. Get us, uh, Get us into another direction if you want to. I mean, it's, it's really good to see. I, I, I can just sit back and, and relax now. I don't have to worry uh, about anything. Um, <laughs> Sorry. I feel very <laughs>
2: passionately about carrier, carrier relationships. I just I do. That. I don't know why.
0: <laughs> I but you're exactly right on on that. You you just have to uh, like anyone that you do business with where you're paying them or getting paid, you got to know their operations. The more you, the more, you know, the better off you're going to be, man. I mean, like, like knowledge is power. You know, everyone says that knowledge is power, but it really is. So the people who really know, uh, you know, as a broker, you have to know two lines of businesses, right? You have to know your customers, you're the shipper. You have to know your vendor, the, the carrier. You, you have to know what makes them click because you're putting together deals. And the better deals you can put together, the easier life is going to be. I've had deals where, you know, I, quite honestly, I, I, I didn't even know what was going on with them because of the carrier and the, the basically the, the shipper would just uh, automatically kind of connect and, and worked out all the details. Um and I always got a little, you know, not a huge amount of margin, but it was it was it was free money to me. But it was just because I, I kept the grease in the wheels and kept everything kind of moving pretty smoothly. And I just kind of got cut out of the cut out of the communication line sometimes, which is what you want to do. You want to automate things. It's just like a good technology, right?
1: Yeah, and I yeah. think that we speak a lot a lot of this conversation has been geared towards our experience with van and reefer freight. Right. But there's a lot of freight out there that has a a lot more requirements there. I mean, you get very specialized and as you get more specialized in the freight world, those relationships are just that much more important because the freight honestly costs that much more. So it, it, it all plays into it and the more that you can learn and understand them, um, just the better you're going to be always. Nick, I think you're a little crazy what, what for learning next, your Nick? customer seating charts.
2: Hey, maybe I am, but it it comes in handy, you know. Like, <laughs> as soon as they see you working your way around the office, the next person knows exactly who's going to call. But <laughs> maybe I'm a little crazy for it. Um, where are we going next? I don't know, yeah, man. You're, that you're was a lot of
0: now, man. Where that where was a lot of next? stuff.
2: Like that was a lot of stuff that I wanted to talk about. I mean, my like my big thing is that you need to be approaching carrier sales. Much the same way that you're approaching customer sales, right? And don't forget that there's technology that can help back this up. And I don't say that in the sense that there's technology that can replace people doing this. There isn't. I mean, it's a like everyone says it's a relationship-based business. But bring in technology to help facilitate things so that the people can do what they do best and get like, supported by technology doing what it does best.
1: I completely, completely agree with that, Nick. I mean, people are always going to lead this industry. Um, There's too many moving parts in this industry. And I think that's one of the biggest things, right? (laughs) And anytime one of those goes wrong, it has such a ripple effect on everything else in the business that I don't think there's ever going to be a way that a computer just fully replaces anybody. I do think that there's ways that we can help speed that along. Right. And there's tasks, little tedious tasks that reps do that we can take off their hands. But at the end of the day, it's, it's all about the people that you have, not only supplying them with, you know, technology that's going to allow them to compete against their competition, but um, training them correctly too. I mean, it's such a critical piece of it. And if you just, Take your reps and throw them out there and say, Here, make a phone call. That's the completely wrong way to do it. And there's so much training that goes in that's involved in both training them how to have a phone call, how to develop relationships, and also how to use the technology that you're giving them. If you never actually get trained them properly on how to use the technology, there's so many people that I speak to every day that they have technology behind them that could help them. That is being completely underutilized or not utilized at all.
0: I agree. I I think technology will only help people make better decisions, build better relationships. It can't replace people totally. And you know, I if if it could, you know, if it could in trucking, if it could account for all the barrel variables out there and really truly. completely automated then the 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 people who are doing it should be doing the stock market and predicting the spot stock market out because you'll make a lot more money doing that and there's just as many variables right you're talking about entire economies billions of people Uh, i i take this and i want to ask both of you guys this right because i I know you're both going to have really good answers for this And it'll take me a second to clarify it because uh, the the words kind of mean the same thing, and I have to clarify that, but carriers' future loads, right? Those those lanes that they're going to do in the future, do they really exist? As in, not does that data exist now, but does it really exist? I mean, do carriers know what they're going to be doing in six months, business-wise, right? You know, are they going to run the same lanes in six months, no matter what you know what if one of their customers their customers customer goes bankrupt or whatever right throws, you know, it's the butterfly effect almost right. So to be able to predict lanes in in a really standardized format months into advance of where this carrier is going to be can that actually ever exist because of all these variables in the world. So I'm going to go with Nick first, if you understand what I just said, because I get myself confused whenever I think about this concept.
2: No, like I do. It's a super interesting question. And I'm going to give you a a super vague answer because I think it depends. (laughs) You know, it depends on a lot of different things. It depends on the carrier, right? I mean, some carriers don't have a business model that's set up for like long-term contractual freight. Some carriers are just miles and money carriers. I don't mean just as in that's like a bad thing. It, it's just a different way of doing business. And for them, there's no predictability. They live in the spot market. Some carriers do have more contractual freight, but even then it depends on the time frame that you're talking about. You know, can you predict things a week out if they've had contractual business running on the same lanes for the past 20 years? I mean Yeah, with some degree of certainty, I would say so. I mean, you can predict the sun's going to come out tomorrow based on the fact that it's come out every day for the past however many million years. Um, But then when you start getting like six months out with a carrier who has had this contractual business for the past six, like two or three months, I mean, then it becomes more questionable. So I think that to do that, you really have to gather data on the like the carrier group that you're looking at the their contractual relationships and kind of take that all with a grain of salt too, because anything can happen.
0: What do you think?
1: It depends. Uh,
0: Are you done, Nick? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. Jeff, your turn.
1: I think it's why we're starting to see a shift from standard RFPs to more of a dynamic routing guide, to be honest. Um, Mm -hmm. It is very difficult, and especially over this past year, it's been even more difficult with, uh, you know, COVID and everything that we just went through. There were a lot of shippers that went out of business. There were a lot of carriers that went out of business and brokers. So it it really hit the industry hard. And every single routing guide for those three months was completely messed up. And I would venture to bet that the majority of them were still messed up, you know, throughout the year and leading into this year. But to be able to really predict a carrier, I think. A, has to do with size, and B, do they operate more in a regionalized capacity, or are they more cross-country? Because if you have a 100-truck operation located in the Northeast, and it's primarily worked that way always, they're going to have enough customers built up that's going to be getting them from, say, Jersey to Mass., that if one customer falls off, they're still gonna be getting their trucks out there. But if it's a, you know, Boise, Idaho to Dallas, yeah, that's more of a difficult lane to send out to an RFP and expect that carrier to hold that capacity for six months, nine months, and so on.
0: So if you're a good carrier salesperson, could you introduce a new lane that is a little bit outside the network? I won't say, you know, maybe not Dallas, to Boise, because that's tough. to kind of if you had the enough rate to, to sell to a carrier, you could change that kind of coverage region that they do, right? If, if you had it on the rate and and the consistency and if they had opportunities in that new market, you could. so it kind of changes that, that future around. It's absolutely. more of a philosophical question in a lot of ways, right? It's a theoretical, I should say, theoretical question that um, that I always raise.
1: In a perfect world, you're always looking to round trip a carrier, right? And you're always trying to keep them on your freight. And if you have the density to be able to build loops in your network and you can identify those loops and sell a carrier on that opportunity, you can absolutely change their network. But I think you do have to have the foresight to be able to look at your network that way and then be able to hold a conversation with the carrier and actually present why this opportunity to them makes sense more so than what they've historically been doing and are comfortable with.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: I think uh, in terms of changing the carrier's network, I mean, I think that it also depends on on the carrier relationship, right? I mean, and not we... a wholesale
0: change, too. I'm not, I'm not talking about wholesale change. It's just a little wrinkle
2: yeah i mean even like Like
0: putting a man in motion just a little wrinkle
2: no i I think that's very possible i mean we did it god i've done it several times in my career where i had an established carrier on i don't know like chicago to green bay and i had chicago to rockford come up and this dude had been doing a great job on chicago to green bay i told him i was gonna get chicago to rockford and he's like you know what man i'll buy five trucks and i'll move all these for you Mm -hmm. okay like that'll work like You do a great job. Buy five trucks. I hope my business doesn't disappear. (laughs) You know?
0: Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, it's it's all these different variables. There's millions and trillions and and really the uh, variables that that go into it. And the only way you can really control it is by relationship and and sales. So I guess that's really my main point on that. But before we leave, I want you to both uh, tell me a little bit more uh uh, about what kinetics is doing right now and what freight friend is is doing as well so nick lead us off yeah so like i said
2: we're um we're helping freight tech companies get their product into the world and in a more granular sense of what these guys doing every day we're helping with things like go-to-market strategies sales marketing and customer success We've just noticed over the past several years, there's a bit of a disconnect between freight tech companies and freight companies. So we're using our industry experience, and our network to help them bridge that gap a little bit better than they do on their own and get more sales and better um, brand awareness in the process.
0: So, so Nick, I, I bet you I know the first thing you tell freight tech companies. I hope this is the first thing you tell them is drop the jargon. Drop the jargon. You're selling a business solution, not an architecture or whatever. I, I don't know. I can't even you know when yeah. people start talking about the their their architecture i i just i kind of check out i I wouldn't know how to book more trucks you know no, I, and I, I think if more freight tech companies talked like that they would have much better results i certainly do so how does our audience reach out and and contact you and learn more about kinetic
2: yeah well kevin you're right i say that a lot um, depending on who you're talking to in an organization. If you're talking to
0: the
2: to the operations manor, manager, drop the jargon. If you're talking to the CTO, eh, maybe keep some of it in there. But to reach out to me, um, feel free to hit me up at nick at com or reach out
1: to me on LinkedIn. I'm on there a lot.
0: So Jeff, same question to you.
1: Uh, so Freight Friend focuses primarily on carrier procurement. Um, I think that it's an area where... A lot of tech is needed and there's not enough tech out there available to a lot of the brokerages, honestly. Um, Our motto is build relationships first and then automate. So it's fit in pretty perfectly with this conversation. Um, But essentially we, we provide them with the technology that allows them to gather all of the data necessary on their carriers and intelligently feed it back to them. That's gonna allow them to gain a huge competitive advantage over their competitors. Um, and build better relationships at the end of the day, so you can.
0: And that's one thing that I've always noticed. Oh, go ahead.
1: No, go ahead. Sorry.
0: Uh, that's one thing I've always noticed uh, about freight brokerages is that you know the customer relationship tools are, are you know they, they 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 go full board on those, but very few have really good uh, carrier relationship tools or carrier management tools or. Or you know, and you can see that the value that's traditionally been placed on you know the 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 the, the shippers much more value than that carrier that, that carrier relationship that that we've been talking about um, so far, right? Yeah,
1: and the tech is moving so quick nowadays. It is, isn't it? Yep.
0: It is. So, how does our audience uh, reach out and learn more about Freight Friend and, and contact you directly?
1: Uh, so they can shoot me an email directly at Jeff at FreightFriend.com. Um, or connect with me on LinkedIn and, uh, our website is just freightfriend.com, So feel free to visit it and shoot me an email.
0: Great. Any last words, any final thoughts, something that that you didn't get out? No, I think we covered
1: a lot.
2: And I just want to say to you, Kevin, thanks for having us on. I really appreciate the opportunity to be on this. I love
0: the show. Yeah, I I really
1: appreciated the conversation. Thank you very much.
0: Yeah, thanks, Jeff, for, for coming on. And Nick, as always, thanks. And thank you again for keeping us on track and, and covering everything that, that we wanted to cover because I, I would veer all over the place, I think. But uh. <laughs> That's
2: what I'm here for. Thanks, Kevin.
0: <laughs> again, freight cats you can subscribe to Put That Coffee Down on FreightCast or through Put That Coffee Down wherever you subscribe to your podcast or download your podcasts, or do anything you want to with your podcast. Watch them sometimes, I, I suppose, but uh, you, you can catch us all right there. So this wraps it up for another audio-only episode of Put That Coffee Down.